Girl, I'm watching Flip or Flop on HGTV. This man just said he had an interior designer come in to help him with his design. This man, he went through, you know, stuff it was going to cost. going to cost this for wallpaper, going to cost this for that, whatever. He said, and I still got to pay. And they put it in, in little caption on the screen. Still got to pay the designer for her consultation. You know how much it was? $12,000. Listen, let me tell you something. Quit fucking around. We is we not fucking around no more. 12 case just for the consultation? Girl. We finna quit playing. We don't quit playing. We it's it's plan is in the past. Hi and welcome to this Ella 2 case study. My name is Allegra Sinclair. I'm really excited because today you're going to meet Dr. Kevin Poe who's one of our Alitu users, but more than that, an amazing podcaster with an incredible year one story. Can't wait for you to hear from him. So please help me welcome Dr. Kevin Poe. Hi, thank you for having me on. I was so amazed when I saw your story. If I'm not mistaken, you went from zero to now like 255 episodes. Is that right? Around there, yes. I've been doing this since June 1st. Only since June 1st, and you've done 255 episodes in, <laughs> you're a machine, but in the best possible way. <laughs> Tell us what you'd like us to know about your journey. Sure. So my name is uh, Kevin Poe. I'm an internal medicine physician. I'm here in Nashua, New Hampshire, which is right on the New Hampshire, Massachusetts border. And I'm also the founder of KevinMD.com. And what that is, it's a platform that I started back in 2004, where people across the healthcare spectrum, doctors, nurses, physician assistants, nurse practitioners, and patients can all share their story from their place in the healthcare realm. And the stories that we share are a lot of stories that go on behind closed doors. A lot of the issues that physicians are facing in our healthcare system. I share a lot of stories about patients, about what they're going through, uh, dealing with their condition and treatment and fighting in the American healthcare system. And I've been doing this, like I said, since 2004. That's almost like 16, 17 years now. And then last year during the pandemic, um, I found that my job as a primary care physician, my hours were cut uh, like a lot of other physicians who were furloughed because of the financial crunch that came from seeing fewer patients because of the pandemic. So I had a lot of time on my hands. And I've always wanted to start a podcast. I listen to podcasts regularly, but I really didn't know the first thing behind the scenes of starting that podcast. But I definitely wanted to expand the platform so we can go from a website onto the podcasting medium where I can invite the guests who write on kevinmd.com to really share their stories in their own words. And I did some reading, I did some research, but uh, I think where Alitu came in, it just made the process and the transition into podcasting very, very seamless. And it really helped me um, make that transition because like I said, it was something that I've been thinking about for years, but I didn't have the time until now, but it was the perfect tool for me to really make that seamless transition without a lot of technical podcasting background. That's awesome. So 
there are a lot of people who think about doing a podcast for a long time, but never actually do it, right? So that's really well done. And just from June to February, you've learned a ton, I'm sure. So I'm going to put you on the spot just a little bit. You said you love listening to podcasts. So tell me some of the shows that you listen to. So the the main one is the New York Times, The Daily, um, and that's really the model that I wanted to model my podcast after, something that is 15 to 20 minutes that I could just listen in a car or listen on a treadmill, um, something that's digestible and really just kind of sharing stories um, across um, what The Daily does is just really across the news, but I wanted to focus mine on um, across the healthcare spectrum. Other podcasts that I listen to is the Bill, Bill Simmons Show, uh, I listen. I'm a New England Patriots fan, so I listen to a lot oh, of sports no. co- podcasts. Oh no! When we were doing so well. Oh, uh, I know, I know, I know. Well, I'm from New England. What am I going to say? So I do all listen, listen to a lot of sports podcasts, and uh, there's a lot of uh, medical podcasts that I listen to as well. There's one specific one called The Curbsiders, which is an internal medicine medicine podcast. Uh, but especially over the last year during the pandemic. Um, the speed of science has been going so quickly about everything. And now we're talking about vaccines, of course, with the pandemic and just um, po- listening to experts on podcasts, share their opinion and share what we should do. Um, even as a physician myself, I learned so much from other physicians on podcasts. And um, those are the main ones that I, I listen to. That's great. I love that. I think it's a testament to podcasting that so many of us are looking at podcasting right up there with traditional media where people go to get their information. So I don't really think any of us are relying on Twitter, right, to deliver our science news. But podcasts are a fantastic form for education mm-hmm. and for bringing the stories, you know, bringing the news to life. Absolutely. And I think really the biggest strength is that rather than hear me drone on, I can just hear the my guests in their own words really tell their story. And it's just so much more powerful that um, they can just have a direct connection to my audience's ear rather than just having it on a page. And just to kind of expand on what you said about people getting their news, people get their news from so many different ways, whether it's you know, the newspaper, email newsletter, going to website, but so many people get their news from podcasts as well. And I think, um, you know, having a platform like I do with KevinMD.com, having a, a podcast, is this a natural extension of that? And just since June 1st, I've learned so much and really also met so many people across the country, a lot of physicians across the country going through the same things that I'm going through and just learning from them and just meeting them virtually, of course, and talking to them. I've just learned, I've learned so much and uh, I'm just so happy that I made that move into that, into podcasting. I know that you said you've had Kevin MD the site since 2004. That's correct. And when I originally came online, it seemed like people didn't believe that you could develop real relationships virtually. But in the last year, we've seen a lot of people who now understand that that's not the case. So do you think the pandemic made it easier for you or more urgent for you to kind of develop different relationships and move into the podcasting world? Sure. So one of the goals that I have with Kevin MD is not only share the stories of physicians, but really also to clear up a lot of misinformation out there. And misinformation has been a buzzword, of course, over the last few years in politics and pretty much everywhere else. And in healthcare, that's no exception as well. Uh, in fact, uh, if you look at some recent studies, 
people going online to look for healthcare information is the third most popular reason why people go online. And as you can imagine, with things like Facebook and Twitter, there's a lot of false or misinformation that's out there. And now you have the pandemic, of course, and there's misinformation all over the place about not only coronavirus itself, but now we have vaccines available and there's just a lot of misinformation about vaccines. So as a physician, I think that it's our responsibility to really go where patients are getting their online health information. So what I do with Kevin MD is really try to clear up a lot of misinformation that's out there. Uh, we go on Facebook and Twitter and clear up some of that misinformation. And of course, on podcasts, when I invite guests to share their experiences behind the scenes, um, I invite a lot of people who work on the front lines in hospitals. I'll talk to a lot of critical care physicians and and um, and lung specialists, and they really share some heartbreaking stories that often aren't publicized um, in mainstream media, but I'm able to share these stories on a podcast and um, things like a pandemic. It just makes sites like these that much more important. It is uh, interesting to me, and I'm constantly reminded that podcasting really does enrich our lives in ways that we didn't expect. So speaking of things that you didn't expect, tell me what you've learned since June about podcasting that you weren't expecting. What surprises have you discovered? Well, listening to the first 10 to 15 episodes, I have to admit, are pretty rough. So uh, there's this other podcaster, his name is Darko, And uh, one of the things that he said that really struck me is that if your first podcast is perfect, if it sounds perfect, that means you started too late. So I think that one of the things that that I learned is that it doesn't matter how prepared you are, you have to jump in and you just learn along the way. And that's what I realized for the first 15 to 20 episodes is that um, I wasn't that skilled an interviewer. And even now I have so much to learn when it comes to interviewing. Um, but after doing 250 of these episodes, of course, like with everything else, you, you get better at it. So I've learned to better connect with my guests. I've learned try to, how to make them more comfortable. And really, I've just heard, learned how to listen. I, I, people say that listening is one of the hardest skills. And you try to resist the urge to jump in and show off your knowledge and show off your experience. But the tack I take with my podcast is really, it's a blank slate. My job is to really focus on the guests and make the, and have them share their story. It's like um, having them fill up a canvas. And all I do is just ask some open-ended probing questions. I ask them to share their story. And then I just sit back and listen. And some of the things they say are just so much more interesting than what I could have said. And if it's interesting to me, then it must be, you know, it has to be interesting to my guests as well. So just learning to just sit back, let the guests shine and make them look good really has been uh, something that I've learned over the course of uh, almost a year of doing this. Do you think that you had these skills before? And what I mean is, do you think you had the skills before and you're just sharpening them through podcasting? Or do you think that podcasting has actually helped you develop new skills? I think it's developed that skill because as a physician, that's really what we do as well in the exam room. When you talk to a patient and you ask them what brings you in today, a lot of physicians we try to sit back and let the patients talk. Um, but now there's just so much pressure on us. And I'm sure you, you've, you, you may have heard this study where on average physicians first interrupt patients 15 seconds into their story um, just because of the, the time. So I think that um, as physicians, we need to learn how to listen, not only the exam room, but I've definitely honed that skill in podcasts as well, because whenever I 
ask a question or ask them to tell a story and just sit back and let them finish it. Um, that's something that I've definitely gotten a lot better at, and it's certainly something I could continue to improve in, but um, podcasts have certainly helped in that regard. That's interesting to think that you may doctor differently as a result <laughs> of podcasting. So how do you make your podcast work in with the rest of your life? You said in the beginning that you actually moved por- forward with the podcast because you had more free time. So tell us how that fits into your the rest of your life. So one of the things that I know about, one of the things that anyone has to know about themselves is really what their strengths and weaknesses are. Um, so certainly with my own website at kevinmd.com, I manage thousands of guest posts. I publish five to six times per day, and I've been doing this since almost 2000, you know, since 2004. So that's more than 15 years of doing this. So it's really all about perfecting workflows. And I realize that's one of my strengths is really just to come up with a workflow. And not only is it efficient, something that you can sustain for more than six months. So that was one of the challenges I had is how can I make podcasting not only into an efficient workflow, but within my own professional and personal life as well, because I still see patients three days a week. I have two young daughters at home. So how do you balance podcasting and seeing patients and um, doing what I have to do at home. So that, that was a little bit of a challenge. So what I normally do is I want, like I said, I wanted to model my podcast after the New York times podcast, the daily rich and have a, have a daily podcast. And at first, one of my biggest challenges I thought was just simply getting guests, like getting a, a daily guest on my show every day. Like where would I get all these guests? So I remember back a few weeks before I launched, I sent out this uh, bulk email to all the people that I've con- who've contributed articles on Kevin MD and say, I'm starting a podcast. Do you want to share your story? And I thought that maybe out of the, it was like maybe like a thousand people. I thought maybe, you know, I could get maybe like 10 or 20 people to reply. But little did I know, I got literally four to 500 people who said, you know, this is what I want to do. And I had opened up the appointments through the summer, right? So so I started on June 1st and on my calendar app, I had these appointments all set up through August and no, no joke it, 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 from June to August, it filled up in maybe an hour. Wow. So we're talking about, about like close to like a hundred slots filled up in an hour. And then, and then I thought to myself, boy, I really stepped in it up. <laughs> now I'm committed because I'm committed to doing a hundred interviews from June to August. So I think that was a pretty big push as well. Just knowing that you're committed to it. People have scheduled poison. You can't back out now. <laughs> I think that was also a pretty big push in terms of following through with what I did. Well, that um, certainly so- brings a little uh, like accountability <laughs> on steroids, right? <laughs> so you'd built a great audience of people to choose from. Um, mm-hmm. Have you had to move outside of that group of folks yet to find other guests? Not at all. Um, I, I have guests every day. Um, in fact, I have a waiting list um, of about 300 plus people who want to get on the show. Um, and in terms of how many I do, so I try to record eight to nine episodes a week. So that's what, nine times? So that's like almost like 35 to 40 episodes a month. Um, and my goal is to have a daily episode. So I book one month in advance and I open it up one month in advance to this waiting list of like three to 400 and it fills up within within 10 minutes like a month's slots like 40 slots 
fill up in in 10 minutes. So getting guests is definitely not a problem. Um, there's a lot of people who want to get on the show and, st- and share their story. I wish I had more time to do this. Um, I wish um, that you know I could release more than one episode per day just to kind of have everyone share their story and fit everyone in. But I think that this is a pretty good workflow. I, I certainly don't have a problem with guests. Um, but Alitu has certainly helped in terms of turning those episodes around and giving me the tools to work efficiently. Because as you can imagine, if you record nine podcasts a week, that's um, a lot of post-production work that goes in. Um, and, um, you know, in in um, in my search of finding an efficient workflow, uh, I'm lucky that I found Alitu. Like, I, I really didn't know anything about Alitu before this journey. So I was searching for that, for those tools um, to really... Um, Autom- not automate, but as, as make post production as easy as possible, so I can get these episodes and turn them around as quickly as possible. So, do you batch your show? Do you have certain days that you record, or do you have time slots on every day? I have certain days I record, so I record Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday, and they're each half hour slots. So I do three podcasts um, per day. So that's a, that's about nine ep- nine episodes a week, uh, and I do nine just in case someone cancels. So people are always fascinated. Whenever you're reading case studies about podcasting, people want to know, okay, what's your technology toolkit look like, right? What's your kit look like? What's your stack look like? So I can see here, since we're on video, that you have a Yeti microphone Mm -hmm. with a pop filter. So tell me what else is in your technology toolkit. So I use um, a Yeti with a pop filter. Um, I use a Razer uh, video cam because a lot of my podcasts I record on Zoom just like this one. And I have a video component that I put on Facebook live i also put up a youtube and also on kevinmd.com so it's a split screen similar to this um i have these cheap headphones but you know what i have i have a secret because i also have these headphones as well which is like a plain tronics kind of headset um the reason being is that uh, my family is a family of pianists my wife is a pianist and half the time the piano is going and it, it, it completely overwhelms the room. So even though I have this Yeti here that I use maybe 50% of the time, the other 50% I use a headset just because someone's practicing the piano in the background and it, it's hard to have a completely quiet room. Um, so I do it on a PC. So the Zoom. Um, so I have my laptop here. Um, and then really that's, uh, that's pretty much it. In terms of editing, I use um, either... I can work both on a Mac or PC. So I use either an iMovie on a Mac. I have a high school daughter. So I trained her in terms of editing the podcast. So she edits on uh, iMovie and she, she, she does, she does um, some of the editing. So I pay her for that, you know, per episode. And then um, I do my own editing. If I do it on PC, I use Adobe Premiere Elements. But if I'm working on a Mac, I just use iMovie to edit. And um, I could edit, uh, I edit the video and the audio. So I get, Obviously, the audio file um, that I upload to Alitu and then the video file that I upload to um, YouTube and Facebook. So I have to ask, how did you find Alitu? Where did you discover us? Just through uh, through Google, a Google search. Um, I, I wasn't referred to it. Like I said, I had no familiarity with the various podcasting tools. Uh, but I wanted something that I didn't have to do a lot of technical background in it. Like I looked at other tools like Audacity and doing things myself, um, but I wanted something that was cloud-based, something I could just learn online. 
Um, I didn't, like I said, it was all about automating workflow because if I wanted to put out a, a show daily, I wanted a post-production to be as easy as possible. Um, I also looked at outsourcing this at various companies because I do have a lot of physician friends who outsource their post-production. But to me, if you do a daily episode, it was a little bit prohibitive in terms of costs. Um, I don't have enough sponsorships to really support that. And and to be honest, I wanted to learn how to do it myself rather than than outsourcing. So maybe in the future, um, I can outsource it. But um, once I'm comfortable with my own workflow in terms of how I want the podcast to sound, um, I uh, I just went online and I think it was through a Google search. Added to it all the things that I was looking for in terms of ease of use and um, cleaning up audio quality, leveling out sound, being able to put in teasers and 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 uh, and things like that. I think that that's something that that was definitely appealed to me. So think back a few months. What was your biggest challenge when you're getting started? Because you said you thought about doing for a podcast for years. Well, what do you think held you back? What was that barrier that kept you from starting sooner? Yeah, it's no question. It's time. Um, I think it was about the post-production. Um, I did read that post-production is, is, is a significant part of podcasting. You can't just like record and put it up there. You have to edit it. Well, you could. And, uh, <laughs> You could, you could, but it isn't something that, so I think that, um, and then also I think it was the, the fear of just kind of being, being vulnerable because interviewing people and, 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 and isn't something that physicians um, are trained to do just, just online and, and, and like that. So I think just being, um, you know, just being exposed this uh, and doing something that I, that didn't come as naturally to me, something I didn't have a lot of training for. Um, I think that to me also were obstacles as well, in addition to the technological and time aspects of it. So what's one thing that you'd tell someone who's either reading this or listening to this, if they're hesitating to get started, what would you tell them? Oh, I think no question. The, the biggest piece of advice is just to jump in and do it. That was the biggest advice um, for me. So like, you, know, you keep worrying about, Everything has to be perfect, right? Especially talking to other doctors. Doctors have type A personalities. They want to be perfect. And I think that um, one of the things I read in, in the technology realm, there's like that concept of the minimal viable product. If you look at things like Microsoft Windows, you know, they put things out that's like half finished and then they kind of edit on the fly, right? So I think that's the same with podcasts, right? You just put it out, even if it's like maybe 50% of what you want it to be, you can always revise it and just kind of perfect it on the fly. So I think that's a really the biggest obstacle that a lot of physicians have, um, it, you know, especially doctors who want to kind of get into the business world. They're kind of scared of putting out a product that's like half finished or 75% done. They want to put out a product that's literally 100% perfect. And I think that if you wait to release something that's 100% perfect, then you're, then you're already too late. So the piece of advice by elicited by Dr. Darko, Nee Darko, um, his podcast was called Docs Outside the Box. And he said, just do it. And if you and if, if, if you release your first episode and it's perfect, that means you already started too late. So that's my biggest piece of advice is that no matter what stage your podcast is in, um, just put it out there and it will get better um, over time and over, over a shorter time than you think, because uh, that's really, the, there's no better way to improve than in a live situation, right? When you, when you, 
when you put a real when you put a real product out there, people will let you know how to improve. So that's my biggest piece of advice. So don't don't wait for you for for your product to be perfect or your podcast to be perfect before going out there. Just do it and revise and improve on the fly. That's awesome. I think it's a complete shift for people, right? So as a doctor, when you're treating people, you don't think, oh, let's just do the bare minimum. (laughs) Let's just do this part and then wing it on the rest, right? So it's a big ask of people to shift. But I think that's great advice no matter what, how you're coming to podcasting. Um, It's good advice because it's something new. So let me ask you this specifically. You said that one of your hesitations before you got started was the post-production. You've read a lot and you'd heard about the time that post-production can take. So tell me something that Alitude does for you that enables you to do your daily podcasts. Is there something that Alitude provides to you that would have kept you from podcasting if you haven't, if you had not discovered Alitude through your Google search? I think coming up with a, a podcast that met my standards were I can just figure out on my own using Alitu's tools. Um, to me, I think that would, that would, you know, without reading a lot of documentation or without reading a lot of tutorials and coming up with an episode that I just, by playing around with it, that was acceptable to me, that's how it um, really helped me the most. Um, sometimes if you use all these manual options, whether it's Audacity or GarageBand, there's just a lot of manual editing tab. There was a lot of tutorials. There's just too many options. Um, and I think that sometimes um, when you have too many options, it just kind of, uh, you have like that choice paralysis, right? There's too many things to to, to take care of. Whereas Alitu, um, I think it only gives you the features that you need. A lot of it is automated. And for me, I think that's exactly what what I wanted. I just wanted something where I can place in occasional teasers, occasional advertisements. It can level and clean up the sound. Um, it can put intro and concluding music. Um, certainly, my podcast isn't isn't fancy by any means, but um, Alitu just gave me what I need. I was able to figure it on my own with zero podcasting experience, and it come came out with an episode that to me was 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 fantastic. And um, just having that ease of use and streamlining that workflow to me was uh, the biggest help. Awesome. Because that's exactly what we're trying to do. It's almost like I wrote that, which of course I did (laughs) not. (laughs) But that was awesome. So tell me, what one thing do you need right now to continue with your very purpose-filled podcast? You know, I was thinking about that question as you were asking it. And right now, I think I have all the tools. that I need, right? Of course, if you have a daily purpose-filled podcast, as you say, you need the guests, you need um, something for the guests to say, uh, you need obviously the equipment, you need the workflow. And I think that right now, those are all the things that I have. Um, I think that of course that, you know, you have to have the time to um, do the interviews and do the editing and then putting the, the episodes out. But in my current situation that I'm in now, it's, 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 it's something that, that I can I can certainly keep continuing to do, and hopefully uh, Alitu will stay strong and uh, continue to uh, help me out in the future. But like I said, I think that I can't think of uh, another thing that I I don't have to help me continue what I'm doing. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of that incredibly busy schedule to share some of your story with us, to share hope, and how you moved from zero 
to 250 episodes in six months or eight months, I'll say. Um, the podcast is amazing and the service yep. that it's bringing is really, really important. And I can't wait for people to find out more about you. What I'm going to do is I'll include notes at the bottom of this case study for how they can get more of Dr. Kevin Poe. Thank you so, so, so much. Have a great day.